Reef Therapy by Reef Builders is powered by ICP Analysis. What's in your water? Welcome once again to the Reef Therapy Podcast. Today we're going to go around and see how everybody's tanks are doing. We're going to address some rumors that started on another podcast. And we also want to talk about some antiquated filtration that might still have some value in the hobby, most notably the Eco Wheel that I did a video on about a month ago. Mark, Raj, how are we tonight? Oh, I'm good, man. Sorry. I, I don't know who you were asking first. <laughs> Great. What are we drinking? Uh, you know, I um, Wednesdays when we're recording this is uh, I meet up some, with some buddies and we go do a four mile run on a greenway around here, and there just happens to be a bar at the end of the greenway. So I had some good beers there that had a little more gravity. So now I'm going to stick to a Heineken, which is a little lighter and fair, but okay, you know, sure. Keeps well, me from getting into the territory where I start, you know, saying everything wrong with the hobby and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> keeps me in a safe territory. So I am uh, going with another local beer, Orpheus Brewing. Yeah. That's a good brewery. It's a great brewery. And okay. they've just recently announced that they're closing their local location because you used what? to be able to go there and hang out and drink. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They're going to stick to just bottling and canning and distribution. So they're still going to brew their beer, but you can't hang out anymore. Gotcha. Have you heard about, uh, just not to leave you out, Remy, but have you heard about this new brewery in Atlanta called Pontoon Brewery or something like that? No. So we own a pontoon boat, and I'm like, damn, I may have to <laughs> sample this beer because, you know, I'm cheesy like that, and a beer that's called pontoon, it sounds like perfect beer to drink on a pontoon boat. <laughs> so, and if you had asked me at, at 21 years of age with a time machine, you know, you're like, hey, one day you're going to grow up and own a pontoon boat. I'd be like, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, you get old and you start to think uh, things like that are cool, I guess. Yeah, no, um, you're not supposed to admit to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... It's not a very cool looking boat. It's, it's it's a patio that floats, you know. So, how fast does that thing go? Twenty? No, it goes like forty five. Okay. It's got a Ooh. it's got a decent Yamaha motor on the back, and and now they put three to three tubes under it, like they call it a tri tune, and <laughs> they go, man. It's crazy. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, okay. it's still a little bit like you don't, you know. Then a really cool fiberglass sexy boat goes by you kind of you're like yeah okay that's that's cool i'm, <laughs> I'm on a floating patio so it's all right you're having more fun that's okay yes uh i'm drinking the tropical beer hug this is Ooh, a that's a nice looking one goose that's island cool can. uh ipa imperial ipa out of Chicago, and this is a 9.9%. So, ooh. ooh. It's going to get <laughs> interesting right. tonight. Okay. Yeah. Give it a few minutes. I, and like uh... <laughs> I will say that I had, I over the weekend, we were at my parents' house in the middle of Illinois, and uh, a tradition of my brother and my brother-in-law and I is to go out to one of the local liquor stores and just go see what they've got. And I hadn't tried this Mountain Dew 
this hard Mountain Dew yet. I don't know if you guys have tried this. No, I haven't even no. heard of that. Do not recommend. Uh, f- <laughs> like three out of ten, do not recommend. <laughs> I felt so weird just buying it. You know what I mean? You kind of feel like yeah, this is my first college drink order. You know, but uh, it was weird. It was Baja Blast, and I like that when you go to Taco Bell or whatever. But it just wasn't. It wasn't very mm. good. So, uh, yeah, my brother got some uh, Whistle Pig. He's a big. Uh, whiskey and bourbon guy so uh yeah so let's get into uh some of the stuff that has happened i guess since i mean how, how have you guys been um tank wise mark you want to you want to go first oh man uh yeah so to, i'll start off with the first thing i was talking about the regal angel and um keep going back and forth about removing it it's just you know i'm a fish guy uh, before corals. I love corals. I love, uh, I, I love reef keeping and I could never keep a fish only tank, but, um, I'm willing to sacrifice the corals in favor of the fish sometimes. And, you know, I was really leaning on like, well, this fish is kind of cramping my style, but, um, I don't know. It's, I keep going back and forth. And then, um, I think I mentioned, uh, I know Meckley has been talking about, you know, well, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but, you know, focusing more on pH, higher pH and pH stability over alkalinity. And so I did that on my, like, what I call the token tank down here, which oddly enough has the most expensive corals I own in it. But it's like the one I, you know, do all the Frankenstein stupid stuff on. Um, and that tank has been jamming so well. So finally, I I, uh, I put a calc reactor on the upstairs tank and I ordered a Versa dosing pump because I don't want to put it on the ATO and just, you know, evaporation. Don't know how much I'm dosing and all that. And I'm such a freaking idiot because when you mount one of those, it slides down onto like a triangular bracket, you know, and I'm like, all right, I mounted it, screwed it in. And then I'm trying to push the RO tubing into it, right, which, you know, those push connects. Yeah. And like I push it up, but I'm not holding the top of it because I'm in a rush and I'm not thinking. <laughs> and the thing goes whoop and right into my sump. Oh, Brand no. new Versa dosing well. pump. And I was like, well, okay. So then I took it apart and, you know, tried to rinse some stuff off with RODI and then dried it and then pulled out the wife's hair dryer. And it's still holding, it's working, but uh, it sucks when you buy a $200 pump and it arrives and the same day you get it, you, you know, you, give it a swim so um yeah so that's my story for the week is uh we'll see if that thing catches fire now or not <laughs> just got to put it in rice right <laughs> yeah like a cell phone well, at least these you can take apart um and they're pretty simple on the inside you're like oh okay you know it's just a little motherboard and a rotary pump in there uh uh, uh what do you call it? not the stepper motor is what i think what they call them right yeah yeah so, hey but it survived anyway so yeah, they're not waterproof. So when I opened it up, a lot of water came out. So just FYI, they are, you know, I don't know. I'm sure the Ecotech guys, if they're listening, they're like, you know, they're pretty tough and all that. I'm not trying to put down their product, but <laughs> it was an idiot mistake on my part. So, And I probably just ruined my warranty, right? Because I'll call them and they're like, yeah, we heard that episode. Uh, <laughs> and when it stops working and I'm trying to get it fixed, they're like, yeah, you're the guy who uh, submerged it, right? So anyway. That's that's my latest update. Gotcha, Raj. How's the nice, any, nice. any movement on your tank? So I've got the tank put in place, and I've been thinking about what I'm going to do with it. And this is something that 
Jake and I actually disagreed on because I like a more natural scape to the tank. So I was always a sand guy. Have to have the sand bed. And I am going to try this one with no sand bed, going bare bottom. Ooh. Yeah. I've never done it before. Always disliked it, but you know, I have to try something different. So that's the route I'm going to take. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are but now I get to do the fun part. down on the bottom or are you just putting the rock straight on the glass? No, I think I'm just going to put the rock down on there and it's a hybrid. So it's not glass on the bottom. So I'm not worried about that breaking. Oh, okay. um, it yeah. is black. Um, that's going to be kind of difficult to keep clean. So I'll have to bump up the flow and see how that goes. But that's, that's going to be interesting for me. Because without that substrate, I can really crank up that flow and just let it let it go, see what happens. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited about that part. Not excited about cleaning that bottom, is uh, eventually uh, I'm guessing you know coralline's going to start growing in places where I can't get to, and yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. So this this ten gallon little uh, anemone tank that I've got. I decided not to put sand in it for the first time going bare bottom. And that's just another place for algae to grow. So (laughs) I never thought that I'd be scraping the bottom of a tank, but here we are. Um, My, my big thing is because this tank is newer. I'm going through the uglies right now and tested phosphates the other day. And I think it was 0.23 or something, but this NEM is Love and life, you know? <laughs> uh, nitrates are zero, probably because there's a little bit of hair algae. We're actually going to talk about this a little bit in, I think, an upcoming video that I'm I'm going to do about how green hair algae isn't the worst thing. And I know that as, as a new hobbyist, for me, when I first got into this and I saw my first Aptasia, I was like, oh, the local fish store screwed me. They put an Aptasia on this. They knew all about it when they sold me this live rock. And it's like, nah, it's, 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 you know, pretty tainted when you get it with whatever is on it anyway. So, uh, but yeah, I think a lot of people freak out about different nuisance allergies and there's just so many different ways to combat them. And, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll take people through that on that tank, but that tank is doing really, really well. And uh, I think we might be in talks with getting me something new uh, to set up to kind of beef up the uh, the little studio down here. So I got something to work on. We'll you know tell a story with a new tank. So I'm excited so about you, all of that. I was going to ask. I mean, uh, I hate I suck at nano tanks, right? Uh, I think any tank that you can throw a tang in, like you suddenly your success rate skyrockets because tangs are you know. I mean, invertebrate algae eaters are great, but uh, you get into like a territory where you can put like a fox face or rabbit fish or a tang in a tank and you're like, all right, you know, I, I can relax about algae a little bit more. And then it's just a matter of growing or you're always going to have algae, but if you tweak the tank into the direction where, and that comes with maturity, right? Where you're growing the kind of algae that stuff likes to eat. Like, I think that's the problem is when you get into dinos, which is not an algae, but, you know, or cyano, I mean, really nothing really wants to eat that, right? So you're trying to figure it out. But once you get to that, like, well, if I removed all the tangs, this would be like green algae central. But, you know, so so my question to that is I've always sucked at nanos. um, And you've got a lot of smaller aquariums. You know, you're surrounded with, like, my worst nightmare. You have multiple small (laughs) tanks. (laughs) 
what ever thought about going like a little bigger like something uh um i mean i know there's cost involved right and budget and all that because i mean uh last night i was laying in bed i uh and i couldn't sleep and i actually did the math on my tank of, like all the crap i bought for it oh. I was like why do i do this hobby yeah. <laughs> that's why like, you never, never re- that's why you never do the maths never yeah yeah in that We're, regard nano tanks win right i mean it's like you're like i could have a really nice hot tub one of those ones with like waterfalls and led lights and stuff you know where it rains on you yeah for the same price as this reef tank you know so anyway, I, that, yeah. so that, I guess that's my question he's like have you thought about like maybe consolidating going bigger or uh is nano tanks more your cup of tea like uh, you like you enjoy like creating separate like unique environments in each and all that yeah i'm totally i'm I'm ready for a bigger tank for sure and i think with the with you know being with reef builders now i think that that will become an option when we moved from chicago i had a 115 oh um, yeah and so it, it was, was a fish was, only right yeah it was a fish only tank it was nice yeah. sized and unfortunately it just the, when we moved in here, I had the frag tank and it was just kind of overwhelming to get everything back online again. And, yeah. uh, we were going to have to brace the floor upstairs and all the things. Cause the way that the room was positioned, all of the uh, floor joists were, uh, long ways. So we would have had to have you uh, know, gotten some form of, uh, reinforcement, which isn't a huge deal. I mean, we had a structural engineer come over and he was just like, just put some plywood up here and, you know, sister this board and you're good hundred dollars. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we could have done it, but I just, at the, at that time I didn't have the, the extra time to just get it going. So I think I sold it for some like stupid price. I think it was like a thousand dollars or something for the, it was a custom tank or a custom stand from tank it easy in Chicago. And, uh, yeah, I hated to let that thing go, but, um, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for a new, uh, a, a larger tank for sure. Something with some, some room for tangs and rabbit fish and that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, nice. the, the, the green hair algae and the, you know, all those kinds of nuisance algaes are definitely a problem in the, in the nano world. And it evens out eventually. Um, yeah. you know, they've got like the sea hairs are great for a little bit and the, those can resolve the issue, you know, for yeah, they're, they're temporary, nasty. they are nasty. <laughs> I hate sea hairs. I, I, I put one in my big reef once and, you know, eventually I just saw him sitting there and he didn't move. And I went to work, came back and he's still in the same spot. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to take this guy out. And he's, he's big and just gnarly looking. <laughs> yeah. Just leaving yeah. pellets all over the tank. Oh, it was crap, awful. Crap when pellets. I pulled him out, God, the, the stench was, it was so bad. Ugh. It was awful. Yeah. I, I used to hand feed. That. I had one that I would hand feed. I'd pull uh, some green hair algae from the sump, and he'd come up on the glass, and I'd hand feed him. <laughs> it was it was kind of fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely ready for something for something bigger for sure. Uh, but I I did have it, and I let it go, let it slip right mm. through my hands. Oh. So, but I think it was the right. to see what you come right. up with. Yeah, with yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really That's excited. The best part. I, I think the first iteration is probably going to be some form of mixed reef. Um, I just have too many interests and too many different things that I'd like to, you know, satiate those, you know, the SPS craving and the LPS and, you know, you get the scullies on the sand bed and all those, you know, different, different uh, colorful corals and things. And then, you know, maybe as we progress, we could do some, you know, concept tanks and things like that. But I think just a good kitchen sink, uh, 
as as Jake would call it, a good kitchen sink tank is uh, is good to have. So I think that's the probably what that big one will end up being when the time comes. That'd be cool. So, yeah. yeah, those are the best tanks in my opinion. My favorite by far. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your what's your favorite tank? What's your go to tank? Mine was always the coal tank. That was like my workhorse tank. Those guys just don't stop eating. Yeah, I, st- I still have one, and you know now it's apparently rare because of the whole Hawaiian thing, which I've uh, heard is you know reopening it a little bit again. But uh, you know, I really liked convict tanks for a while, but then I just had one go psycho on me. I mean, straight up like he thought he was a powder blue, and just <laughs> went nuclear on the tank, and I had to get him out. Um, and what was bad was that you know, I mean, convicts don't really have really big scaffolds on them. You know, like they're they're not ideal tank. I mean, they're they're not built to go pick a fight with other tanks, you know. And um, you see these nature documentaries where you just see like a swarm of like a hundred convict tanks invade like an algae patch, and the poor powder blue who's like ready to go to battle, like he's just overwhelmed, right? So now you have a convict tank that thinks he's a powder blue in my tank, and he's picking fights with my yellow and my coal tank, and they're like. No, you know, they're, they're bigger than (laughs) him or her. They've got bigger scalpels on their tail. So you see this, like, it's like in, like, like in a prison yard, like this, you know, this one dude's ready to pick a fight, but he's picking a fight with the wrong dudes. And and he's walking around with like scars and scratch, you know, cuts (laughs) in his body. And I was like, I can't watch this, you know? So I I took him out, I put him in my refugium for a week and fed him up a bit. And then I, I, I took him to a local fish store. So I just think all acanthorus goes psycho at some point in a glass box, maybe. But I'm I'm with you. The uh, the bristle tooth tangs, the mm-hmm. coals, the yeah, tamini. Uh, shoot, what's the gray one with the yellow orangey fins? Tamini, the, uh, the tomini tang. T- yeah, I mean yeah. they're they just seem to if they get into a scrap, they forget about it like five minutes later. Like they're just like, all right, I'm. They're back super to chill. Yeah, they're super chill, and they just eat algae graze on it all day yeah. long it's the perfect utility tank do you have they to train are, your yeah. your tanks to do that because i've got a tomini tank that doesn't do that <laughs> really it's the, it's the coal tank the coal tank behaves yeah. gotcha gotcha yeah. tomini is like the bastard child bristle <laughs> <laughs> tits yeah. no i like i i've had mine i've had mine in the in the frag tank for three years maybe and uh, hasn't grown too much and just a great fish, you know, model citizen in the tank. And um, we had a coal tank in the fish only tank, and that was my wife's favorite. And so that's her request whenever we get a new larger tank. Um, so I think I'm going to I'm going to compromise with her and maybe get the white tail because I think that 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 one's pretty cool. Um, uh, you know, the premium price for a tail that is white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're crazy expensive. Uh, I mean, not like, n- not conspicuous expensive, but it's just like, wait, how much for that tang? You know, a, well, just tangs in general have gone up. I mean, everything's yeah. gone up, but like some of the fish, just looking, it's been so long since I've shopped for this, you know, for fish, and yeah. now looking at the pricing on stuff, I'm blown away. Yeah, <laughs> things that we yeah. used to get for so like we we took it for granted, right? So speaking of Hawaii, the yellow tanks, oh were yeah, everywhere. It was a dime a dozen, and now. Uh, you, you can't get them and Hawaii hasn't opened back up yet. There's rumors, but nothing confirmed. So you have very limited options there. And, uh, you know, Biota's got, they've got their uh, tank raise 
uh, yellow tangs, which are a great option. But other than that, what do you do? Yeah, it's so crazy uh, having been to Doug's Reef uh, several weeks ago, and they had it was a very uh, I showed it for just a little bit because we were like we're showing so many tanks in that video. But his son has a tank, and they have a biota yellow tang, and they're not totally there with color yet. Um, and they just got one in at my local fish store that's you know from hawaii and was wild caught and the 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 scales and the the skin is just so buttery and the color is just <laughs> unbelievable after you've seen yeah. some of those and i i know that through feeding and things you can yellow those guys up a little bit more but man there's nothing like those tangs that are straight from Hawaii. And I, I've got to say, I, I would imagine a dive is pretty vibrant right now off Hawaii. <laughs> Just given that they yeah. haven't, they haven't exported and, or they haven't uh, shipped in a while or caught in a while. I mean, it's gotta be pretty crazy just to go on a dive there. Yeah. There, I mean, I, you know, I'm grateful for the biota option and I would, you know, always prefer to choose captive bread, but I think, you know, um, I mean, Jake, Jake was a little more opinionated about this and I, I was like, well, you know, it, it's tough to get into the business of, I think, breeding tangs and creating a market and, and supplying enough to meet the demand. But it, you got to go into it, uh, with the expectations that you're not going to get like the most perfect wild caught looking tangs. Right. I mean, like my, the one upstairs is missing a scapel on one side. Um, it's just, you know, it's the way he was born, you know, and then the one in my basement has like lateral line looking disease, but, uh, you know, he just came that way and I've been, you know, feeding him all kinds of nutritious goodies and I don't know. I mean, I'm, they're still great cleanup crew fish and they're pretty, but yeah, I, I went to Hawaii two years in a row last year and the year before, and you like you hop in with your kids and you go snorkel and you see like these big fat beefy yellow tangs the size of dinner plates and you're like oh man I remember when they look like that you know yeah um, and then it's weird because you see other tangs uh, that you know are for sale in our hobby like Dusamerize and they look like something you want to throw on your grill but it's like too big for your Weber grill like it's you know they're they're like that fat and you're like dude, I, why, why do we keep those in tanks? Yeah. I mean, they make the naso tanks look like a, like little, you know, betas swimming around or something like little aquarium fish, you know, yeah. um, which I always thought nasos were like, Oh, those might be too big for a lot of systems, but then you see them in the wild and they, they kind of max out to like as big as I've seen them in some aquariums, but then do some arise and some of those tanks are, they're like groupers swimming around, you know, you know so um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, but I, I love the coal tang. I hope they either captive breed them or they start, you know, collecting them again. Cause super utilitarian fish. And, and I think they're pretty in a subtle way. So yeah, yeah. they are. They're cool. Yeah. 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 Definitely not dogging on biota at all. No. I actually, I actually have another, I have, a a golden assessor basslet. It's my favorite fish. I love that thing so much. And, <laughs> and they're captive breeding a lot of those basslet species and they've got some really really cool and colorful fish i mean if you're looking for like what i have some nano tanks and smaller fish that stay small that are still colorful so yeah. many different basslets you can look at for for color but you can spend a lot of money too uh on those 
<laughs> See, I, I, I never really got that opportunity. I had one small, I guess it was a nano tank in my office, and I did not do well with that because I just had a really, really difficult time. I wanted so many things, and there's only so much you could fit in there. And uh, I failed miserably. I mean, the, the tank was cool, but I always wanted to put more in there and just trying to cram more stuff. I had to yeah. get rid of it. It just, it, it was killing me. It's killing me that I couldn't do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that yeah. I've Kenya tree taking over the frag tank right now. So, Oh, that is the worst <laughs> coral ever. That was like the, one of the first corals I got when I joined uh, the local reef club here. Yep. And, um, a friend of mine, uh, Jamie Plattis, giving a little shout out. Uh, he gave me my first frag of that Kenya tree and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I put it dead center yes. in my 10 foot reef, right? I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, I got boy. a free coral. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. This branches it took over. Off. Oh my God. Anytime you, any type of current, I stuck my hand in there. It would pop off a little baby and it would start another one. I mean, it's all over the place. Yeah. And it's not, it's yeah. not easy to get off a rock either. Once the little arm is attached, yeah. it's, it's there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but same so, thing for me. I put, I got my first one of my first frags was a Kenya tree, and I was like, "This thing is awesome." Put it <laughs> again in the center of the tank. Yep. I don't know. It actually looked like a. It looked like the tree of life at Disney World. So that's why I liked it so much. I guess. <laughs> so do you have any weedy corals that are like a guilty pleasure? Where you're like, I know I shouldn't keep this, but. Oh, dude, I mean, GSP is my jam. Yeah. Yeah. I love GSP. Um. That that was just always a cool coral for me. I always have zinnia growing somewhere yes. in my house. I mean, it's just the pom pom zinnia pulsating. I yep. mean, I just like, I know it's bad, but it's actually, I find it fairly easy to remove. You know, you can just kind of scrape it off and siphon it out, and yeah, it'll come back. But that that's sort of like the goal, right? It's like you just you ha it's like a plant in your yard that you hack down, and then it comes back, and you hack it down, and uh, yeah, I tried zinnia. doing an island of, of Xenia so that it wasn't touching any other rock. It was just an island, but then it got smart and it kind of <laughs> extended out and touched a neighboring rock and started growing there. But yeah, anything that moves, you know, yeah. I, I love corals that move. Yeah. Is it Julian yeah. that has the, uh, the refugium with a bunch of Xenia in it? Oh, I don't know. That's an old, old tank or an old video. Um, I might have seen something too, just in an article or something about how, you know, back in the refugium days, uh, where, you know, people were keeping straight up Xenia and corals in their refugium yeah. and not just macroalgae, like, you know, more of the trend is today. Uh, right. but they are good, you know, nutrient suckers still. So. We should go visit, just go crash this place. We'll be down <laughs> in Florida in a few months. Just show up. Yeah. Yeah. He'd yeah. love that. Oh, I'd love <laughs> to would, see his tank totally in person. Like Cause it, his tanks, my jam, like it's, uh, yeah. I don't like these Instagram tanks that are just these perfect technicolor daydream systems that you're like, how in the hell are they keeping so many different corals in there so close together and nothing's dying or stinging or there's no warfare. And then you go like Julian's tank is like, just has that natural vibe, you know? I mean, it's kind of overgrown and there's little pockets of like crazy corals and, I don't think there's a protein skimmer on it. <laughs> you know, it's just. Yeah, like but his he's pond. also Julian. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, yeah. He can do things that we can't do. Yeah, but I, I mean, uh, of all the like reef people, like it's like, all right, you know, like you read everybody's articles, but like his 15 gallon back in the early 90s, because, you know, I was a kid going into the local fish stores here. I lived here in Atlanta as a kid, and it's like, oh, wet, dry filters and blah, 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 and it's going to cost you $1,000. And I was like, you know, like a kid with like a $40 a month allowance, you know, keeping some freshwater tanks. I'm like, I'm never going to do this. And it was like his, all his articles where I was like, I can get like a 15-gallon <laughs> tank, no skimmer, <laughs> put some fluorescent normal output tubes and he would like put like a filter like the gel filters that like stage lighting used to like adjust the color in his early articles and i was like i can do that you know so i mean he's the reason i i, I went there you know or, so that was back in his mullet days yeah the mullet <laughs> and the vhs tape that he was selling fam i ordered that vhs tape man i'd love to watch that again i don't even have a vhs do you have player. a vcr <laughs> No, <laughs> but it would just be so fun to like, even just, I bet the music in that video would be amazing, you know, like early, or no, that's like late eighties music, you know, it'd yeah. be like some hair band, you know. I wonder how, <laughs> how much VCRs are these days. It's, it's probably some sort of vintage, like super expensive piece of equipment now. I've got a couple. I think they're like 25, 30 bucks. I, yeah. I actually, I forget where I got one. I think I got, so I used to work at uh, State Farm Insurance, and I was in the Creative Services Department. They were getting rid of a whole bunch of ECRs, and I was like, I don't know, I might, I might need this someday. <laughs> that's how I, that's how I edited video back when I first started. You know, you set up two VCRs next to each other, and you play on one, and you record on the other, and uh, sort of like making I, a mix audio tape. Where you exactly. <laughs> yep, that's exactly how I did it. But yeah, I think I'm. So you know, next time we see each other, I'll just I'll put it in my carry on, and you know, you can, you can watch it. <laughs> TSA is going to love that. Yeah. What the hell is this? It's a bomb. <laughs> yeah. I have a, I have a couple of VHS tapes that I've thought about sending off to one of those uh, places that converts them to digital. Mm. Um, just childhood home videos. And uh, like my very first shark dive was recorded on a VHS camera. And I, I don't, I mean, I, I didn't film it, you know, but it's like, can you imagine somebody with like a VHS camera <laughs> underwater? <laughs> You know? Imagine like a Bob Saget type, you know, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have one of those too. Uh I have a lot of vintage video equipment apparently. So I don't know if it still works, nice. but <laughs> uh I bought that from an old uh it was a TV studio here in, in St. Louis that was getting rid of all their old stuff and I think I got it for like twenty bucks or something. I was like, this would this would be <laughs> a great a movie prop at some point, you know. <laughs> Oh. Uh, but now, now you've got so many different apps that can mimic that look of you oh, know, the, the early '90s. Yeah, early '90s like VHS. So yeah, um, but it's not the same. I know, I know. You need the tracking thing to go. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we digress as we do. Um, uh, I wanted to just to get back on track here a little bit, uh, Raj. There was one thing that came up last week, and I got a bunch of text messages about it. But uh, rumors about the Reef Builder Studio shutting down. I will turn to you on that one. Yeah, that 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 was crazy. I got um, just a couple of text messages about that, and yeah, it, it's not closing down. I mean, we're we their staff they're taking care of it it's doing well we've got a video that's going to be coming out from that uh from the studio shortly um 
I know we're planning a visit out there soon. Remy, I think you're out there, what, in about a month or so. Yep. So definitely not going anywhere. Um, tanks are doing great. Everything's looking good. Yeah, rumors are false. That's what I like to hear. My light's turned off. <laughs> it's like, is there some piece of like insider knowledge that I do not know? Am I not right. aware of? But uh, Yeah, I, I should have thought of some really cool story about that, right? <laughs> like made some rumor of my by myself about it, but no. Nah, yeah. Nothing exciting. It's yeah. a shame that we're not all geographically in the same location because it, I think I, I brought this up at Reefstock. It'd be cool to do like a um, like those community gardens where everybody has a little plot of land and they all like garden together. Like we could all have like reef tanks in one building, and then we could shame the guy that has like the cyano <laughs> outbreak. You know. <laughs> well, um, well, we could do that now. Yeah. As as our tank builds progress, and that's true. It doesn't have to be in the same other. location, yeah. right? Yeah. It's right. a unique. It's um, a unique. I I feel like if it if the cost wasn't so high, that would be, that's actually a really unique idea. Um, in that same neighborhood that I mentioned last time, Soulard, which is the hipster neighborhood, there's literally chickens running around that neighborhood. <laughs> they just have chickens and a whole bunch of those community gardens where you can go plant your veggies and your herbs and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I think it's a little cost prohibitive to just kind of go have a tank somewhere, but. I guess if it's yeah. in a studio or a cool studio where you can shoot and, you know, kind of a, I don't know, take the, the shared tech spaces that they have, the incubators, you know, and, you know, use that yeah. for, for tanks. I think that'd be, that'd be sweet. It'd be bad for somebody like me. Cause I'm, I'm so lazy in, uh, <laughs> with doing the maintenance part that if I have to go somewhere else now to go to do, do it, it yeah. it's going to be bad. I am losing that competition every time. <laughs> Just have AI do it, you know, with chat GPT, you, you could go. just tell it commands and it would just do whatever. So, um, there was a perfect. guy on Reddit that did that with a house plant. I don't know if you guys saw that back in the day. No, he, uh, yeah, he rigged up his house plant with a camera and then, uh, the Reddit community could vote whether the plant needs water or not and oh, different I things. And then this, yes. And I thought, man, if you did that with an aquarium where it was like a hive mind and then like, if everyone's like, Hey, but then, I mean, beyond testing the water and fixing, you know, if the alkalinity is down, like what, what do you, what is the hive mind really going to do? You know, it's, uh, we're all going to decide that it needs to top off because the salinity is high. I mean, like that's kind of boring. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's kind of one of those social experiments, right? Where like if you water it too much, you'll drown it. If you don't water it enough, it dies. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And if the uh, collective mindset is a good mindset, right? It's like there's always a guy that's like, screw it, let's kill it, you know? But yeah. if a if hundred of them are like, no, it's got enough water, you know, it's kind of a nice uh, restoration in the faith of humanity. It's like, oh, okay, like as a, as a collective, we're all pretty good. Um, That'd be an interesting experiment to see what people would do. Yeah. You know, would they, would there be enough people that, let it thrive or do what's needed to make it thrive versus the one or the ones that are like, ah, screw these guys. Let's kill their coral. Yeah. Like that. Just want to troll it and destroy yeah. it. And yeah, I think it would almost have yeah. to get hacked at that point. Like it would have to get hacked and 
because I feel like the overall people are good. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we've as we've seen in the comment section the past, you know, three or four weeks, there's always one, right? There's always one or two that are like, <laughs> right. you're a disgrace. I'm not watching anymore. I hate you. Cool. Yeah. And, and it's like, I'm going to go cry to my wife and kids now. Thanks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they, don't, they don't realize that you're a human being and that you might actually be, you know, taking some of that to heart. But anyways. You know, you know what we should do after a few... Well, after a few sessions and after a few beers. Oh, I was really like, which one? Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen that bit uh, where they read mean tweets? Yeah. They have celebrities reading their own mean tweets about them. Yeah, I've seen that. that. Yeah. Where we read the comments that are talking shit. No, see, <laughs> you just opened a can of worms because all the comments on this video no. are going to be yeah. mean as hell. <laughs> Actually, they're I all like, ooh. Ooh. I'm thinking that Mark is going to have 100% positive reviews in this. Uh, just a right. guess. Uh, <laughs> yes. No. Because that's what it was. Yeah. Everybody was like, yes, Mark's the best. He's the only reason. He's the greatest thing ever. Those two guys, screw those yeah. guys. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll earn your trust eventually. Eventually. Uh, let's yeah. talk about let, let's talk about this uh, eco wheel thing because I think if you haven't seen the video, I'll just I'll give you a brief overview. I know you guys probably know what I'm talking about, but went to uh, Guy's Reef Tank in Indianapolis after the Inmos frag swap. Which, by the way, the indie the indie reefing community is awesome, like legit. They ran a great swap, have a couple great stores in town. Uh, my buddy and I went there. We toured everything. But Paul has been in reefing for 30 years, I think he said. He's owned a couple stores, and now he just does maintenance tanks. So he does maintenance tanks on a bunch of celebrities' tanks in Indianapolis. Yes, there are celebrities that live in Indianapolis. Uh, Willingly? Yeah. And I, I think if, if I ever get a chance to go back out there, maybe I'll have a chance to tour some of these tanks that he takes care of because – not only does he have great tanks in his house, but he's also got great tanks that he has he has put up and maintains as well for these these wealthy people. So millionaires and billionaires is what he says. So there is a billionaire in there, at least one. Um, but he has a you know it's a it's a pretty standard. I think he said it was a 180, uh, pretty standard reef tank, but it's being filtered by one thing, and it's called an eco wheel. Mark, you said you had you had heard of this before i would love to hear oh, yeah. your recollection of it if you haven't seen the video yeah so i mean i guess uh old timers will know what i'm talking about but uh so you everybody knows about the algae turf scrubber walter 80 wrote a book called dynamic aquaria and he he uh patented these dump bucket turf scrubbers and um the thing that was uh, kind of a crucial component of his methodology for him, which I think be, with, along with his patent sort of stifled the whole algae turf filtration for a long time, was this idea, and other folks might disagree with me in the comments, but there was a, a big, um, not a mandate, what do you call it, but just that the, the, the turf algae that you want to grow has to be exposed to air and then exposed to water, exposed to air, exposed to water. So a dump bucket worked great, and he had the patent on that. So the only company that could really build uh, turf scrubbers was Inland Aquatics in, in not Indianapolis, um, Terre Haute, am I saying that right? Terre Haute, yeah. In, in, Terre Haute? Yep. In Indiana. 
Um, then the eco wheel came around, which kind of looked like a bio wheel for those that know like the penguin filters. Um, so there's a light on, I think it's on top. Yep. You saw it in person. I never seen one in person. Yeah. Um, so the wheel goes around and the turf algae gets exposed to air and light and then it gets submerged. So kind of followed that methodology of like, you know, and, and the example that AD used was like the pylons on a pier where the tide goes up and down. And there's like this zone where the wave is, where this specific, where you have a specific type of turf algae. And, you know, I'd argue like it didn't grow there because it got exposed to air and water. It grew there. And, you know, being a marine biology person, like we actually covered this subject was it's about what kind of predators could handle or not predators, uh, grazers of algae, right? It found a zone where it's like certain type of herbivores didn't want to be exposed to air and water, you know? So you do have intertidal snails and stuff. So so you, you, you get this zone where an algae grows, where it has some kind of protection from herbivory. Um, anyway, so that's what made that design kind of cool because it broke the mold of like, well, or, you know, here's this dump bucket, but there's a patent, we can't touch it. So now you all of a sudden have a new algae filter that does the water air exposure, but does it like a bio wheel. And then also you kind of, it's kind of a wet dry filter too, right? So nitrifying bacteria is kind of supercharged in that type of environment, which is why wet dry filters were so popular. Um, In the end, it's kind of interesting that we ended up with Santa Monica and these waterfall turf scrubbers and kind of throughout the whole like it needs to be fully submerged and then exposed to air intermittently you know it's like man those turf scrubbers like the one that jason langer builds and stuff they're awesome and they work great so i think we kind of dispelled 80s ideology around that um but it's really cool that somebody's still running a system (laughs) like that and it's kicking butt right yeah so 21 years this thing has been turning which is just that's it just crazy blows that's my mind awesome. yeah and it uses uh, yeah. air to move it right yes air bubbles yes yeah so, so then you, you also Im- don't get the supposed destruction of plankton in a centrifugal centrifugal man i can't use that word today you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. impeller pump so <laughs> yeah it's uh I blame the beer if you if you imagine it like if you're just listening to this and if you imagine the overflow is on the right side of the tank it goes down the overflow into a two-inch PVC pipe, and underneath the tank, there is no sump. It gets pushed back up on the left side of the tank into the actual eco-wheel apparatus, goes through the uh, the wet-dry, and then through the uh, it turns the wheel, and then as the wheel is turning, algae forms, which you harvest, and uh, the water goes back out. And there is... <laughs> I didn't get a good shot of this, but... I think the amount of detritus is significant. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I think where so he's got the uh, those old like uh, they, are they called bio balls? Were they bio balls then? The mm-hmm. plastic, yeah, the, yeah. So he's got the bio yeah. balls in there, and that's part of the original design. But in that chamber, it looks pretty thick with uh, with detritus. Now, if he hasn't cleaned that in twenty one years, or if it's even if you can even service that area of the filter i don't know but i want to read the the actual thing that uh the advertisement the eco wheel provides algae scrubbing wet dry filtration selective protein skimming wave surging calcium reactor water cooling and many other processes (laughs) 
and runs off one air pump. There is only one moving part that will not clog, stick, or jam from debris like many of the other filter systems on the market today. Now, mind you, this was written, I think, in 97, 8. Does that sound about right, Mark, when when uh, that, yeah, that kind of came out? Uh, yeah, maybe it was like early that. 2000s. Um, yeah. And it says the equal wheel can be installed adjacent in the aquarium or in a filter room and is connected by only two pipes. The system is almost maintenance free and will last much longer than any other filter system available. So that, as I'm that sounds like the ad for the eco aqualizer. Right? <laughs> it can do everything. Yeah, absolutely everything you ever need. There's no maintenance required. You just buy the device and plug it in. Yeah, yeah. But I don't for think you somebody to run one, one for this long, that's quite yeah. amazing, right? Like just stuck with it and just that's to me is like a, it's a beautiful thing, you know. Yeah, which it's like which, finding the guy that has like a weird saw, but that he's been driving for twenty years, you know, and it's just like, yeah, that's my car, you know. I it's love it. Saab drivers are all like that. You know, once <laughs> yeah. they buy a Saab, they never leave it. <laughs> no, I, I I was standing in front of this tank and just kind of mesmerized as you know. I guess in comparison to you guys, no offense, I'm uh, I'm in the new school, I guess you could say. So seeing this thing that has been running for twenty one years and knowing that this was the technology. 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Why isn't this still running today? There are some cons that I could just pick up immediately. Like it's loud. Uh, it's not, it's not a quiet thing. Um, and I asked Paul about that and he was like, I think it's soothing. <laughs> it was like, it's not, there's like no pattern to it. It's like, yeah. And the thing is, is like when the algae builds up on the paddles, it slows down. So now it's like, it's a different pattern. It's not like white noise in the background. Although I guess if he's used to it, whatever. Um, it did say that you could put that into a fish room or a, or a filter room to get that out of the way. So that, that might be an option. But I think the other thing was, it was a little cost prohibitive. It was, $2,100. Yeah, it was pricey for its time. For its time, yeah. But I mean, $2,100 now, it's not bad, especially if yeah. it's going to last you two decades. True. Right? That's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. And but I, mean, I think there's iterations of that now, right? I mean, not totally because we want, we, we don't want that detritus. So we have that pre filtration. Yeah. But you have the turf scrubber devices out there now. So. I think it did survive to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, you know, I, we, t we talked about Julian's tank without a skimmer and all that. I, I think if you're the patient type of person that, you know, doesn't scream when the first little patch of turf algae shows up and you just kind of let things settle in over time. I mean, the turf scrubbers of today, you could do the same thing that he did right you could set up an, uh one of these waterfall turf scrubbers and run a system off of that do water changes run a little carbon and you'd have a great tank i mean uh my question with the eco wheel and i'd never seen one in person is it just looks like cleaning the turf algae would be tricky on something like that it whereas is. like the dump bucket you can remove a couple of um little clips that hold the um screen in place and then take it to your sink and scrape it similar to what you do with these waterfall ones right it just slides out you take it to your sink and you use like a like an ice scraper or something to get it all off 
But like on a wheel, like how do you do that? <laughs> you know? does, does he swap the wheels or does he actually clean the wheel? He does clean the wheel. He said that maintenance takes about an hour, which is oh, man. which is not oh. awesome. Uh, he uses a a putty knife and goes in, and he'll take he'll take every other paddle. Um, so he'll only do half of the algae at a time, is what he says. So um, now this guy also does maintenance for a living. So if it takes him an hour. It's probably a little uh, arduous to get in there and, and, and do that. But he says he gets a decent amount of algae out of there every single time he does harvest. So, And I think he said he does it every two weeks. I think it's biweekly. Um, I mean, every two weeks is not bad. That's a pretty good schedule. Yeah. Right? yeah. For maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. So, so but, did you ask him, like, why he kept it running for so long? Because you showcase some of his other aquariums, which are using more familiar filtration. Yeah. So the question for me was, well, you know, if you're suddenly running a tank over here that's doing a different setup, uh, you know, what what was the motivation to keep the system going? Was it just it was jiving and things were growing and he was like, I'm not going to mess with a good thing or, you know, what was it? I think it was a, a mixture of a lot of things, but uh, I, I want to say the main reason is because when that tank was set up, he was probably one of the only guys that actually had one of these things. I don't know how well it sold in the aquarium hobby, yeah. um, but uh, he also knew the guy. Uh, he knew, I forget his name now off the top of my head, but he knew the inventor. They were friends. They both worked at Purdue, I believe. Um okay. So they were, or at least he did maintenance on his tanks or something to that extent. They were both in the community, but yeah, you're right. I mean, his basement tank has a t typical sump, you know, red sea. Um, uh, why am I drawing a blank on, on the filter roller and skimmer? He actually was, he was running, um, bio pellets. Oh, he was running that on a brand new tank, which I thought was weird because there was nothing mm. in it. And I know that the, that can be pretty that can be pretty harsh on an environment when you're running as much as he was. But, you know, again, he, I didn't question it. He's been doing this. Everybody's got their own methods. Right. Um, yeah. but yeah, everything else was pretty traditional. Um, and I think the other reason is that, and he may have purchased more of these, but the inventor sold the idea to China. So eventually these weren't being used for the aquarium industry anymore. They were being used to purify water in villages Oh, all wow. all based off of uh, solar energy. So they were a low energy option uh, to purify water in these villages. Because uh, one thing that I learned during this trip was that China doesn't really have a lot of great infrastructure when it comes to water purification because a lot of the villages outside of the major cities don't have any of that. So uh, I don't know how much that was worth to him. I would imagine it's probably somewhere in the millions. But uh, uh, that's where that technology is being used now to some degree. Hmm. So. Maybe he just couldn't huh. get his hands on another one, which is totally possible. That's yeah, it was an interesting setup. I mean, I, when I saw your video, I was like, holy crap. Like, I remember the ads for it, right? So uh, in Fama magazine, I was like, wow, like to see one still running um, in the era of video, right? I mean, there were on the forums in the early 2000s, ReCentral, there were a couple of dudes running them, you know, but you'd get like the low quality Nikon cool pics picture of it. <laughs> There were no videos, you know, there was no, and you're like, okay, you didn't see anything operating. Um, so to see one like fully functioning and then see it on YouTube with like all the quality video and, you know, you, you do a stellar job of, you know, documenting it and talking to the guy. I was like, wow, yeah. this is wild. 
He caught Sasquatch. You, know, you, you finally yeah. got a video, yeah. clear video of him. I will yeah. say that yeah. if, if you are listening to this or watching this and you do ha- you're do you running something crazy like that, like let us know. I'd love to come to come see that and see how successful that's been for you. Uh, I would just love got me- to see like a 20-year-old tank with like a Inland Aquatics Indiana turf scrubber, you know, like something that's just been running in somebody's house. That would yeah. be awesome. Yeah, because you're going to get the OG yeah. reefer there you know, who's been in this thing forever and has tried every new gadget along the way and somehow, some way stuck to whatever that was that they, that worked for them in 1995 or six or whatever it was. So, um, I don't think me- we've been, I mean, uh, shoot, Raj is going to disagree with me cause he makes really <laughs> badass filters, but like, I, I don't know how much progress we've made other than lighting. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, well, f- not early 90s let's say like early 2000s i don't know you know you'd be surprised there have been a lot of developments but it's funny because the market's so cyclical right so all of a sudden um right now refugiums are out and then next year refugiums are going to be back in it's it's really really interesting to see how people's perceptions on these things change and yeah uh it's, it's never consistent but you know, technological advancements on everything has become, they become smaller. Every it's, it's not leaps anymore. They're small steps. And then every once in a while, somebody comes out with something that's just totally different and kind of that is that next leap. And then we kind of stick around and we're, we're stuck there. I think we're now we're going to see more of that advancement on the breeding side rather than on the yeah. uh, life support side, right? You're going to see a lot of breakthroughs on that, and you're going to see, I don't know, uh, coral diseases I, being addressed, maybe something like that. I agree with you there. I mean, who would have thought we'd have captive bred regal angels? You know, I mean, like you yeah. tell somebody from 2002 that they'd be like, "What?" Um, yeah, I just I like I, I think a lot of stuff is like the uh, filter rollers are really cool. I used one for a while, and I'm like, this is kind of brilliant. You know, it's almost. I thought that was like a, a big leap in design, but that said, I don't feel like it up my game. You know, it was like, okay, this tank's running with one. It's nice, but I don't like, I looked inside my tank and I'm like, I'm not seeing like uh suddenly like the fish are like, Oh, thank you, Mark. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they're holding up a sign. No. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Two thumbs up. I think they're, they're a pretty good leap. Because they I mean, are. if you're using filter socks, well, I mean, what's the micron rating on that, right? 100, 200. And then when you move to that automatic roller, you're dropping down 50, 30, 20, maybe micron. So you're now you're getting water polishing. Um, so I get, you know, I mean, if you're looking at your water clarity or your turbidity there, it's, it has to be better using one it of does, those. Yeah. Units. Yeah, that's true. And, and, um, I think it takes a lot of load off other types of filtration methods because you're just you're just removing the crap, right? Right, and um, that, and that and that's key. Remove it before it finds its home inside your aquarium somewhere and decomposes, and then you have to deal with it some other way. You know, if you capture it when it's that larger particulate matter, that's that's the best way to go. Yeah, I'm just I'm a dirty, lazy reefer over here, man. Like I got a pile of detritus in this downstairs tank that's so big. And I just yeah, 
I just but the, but those things are great for us lazy reefers because yeah. look my filter socks I would change once a week, uh, and this thing you don't have to touch for I mean how long does it last? Thirty days? Sixty no days? Longer 90 days? Than that. Yeah, yeah. Mine see? lasted for quite a while. Yeah, it's a beauty uh, in that. Yeah, it, but it, it's just another thing I had to plug in. Another thing I had to order something for every sixty days. You know, it was just like yeah. Eh. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm the weird hippie. I'm not a hippie, but like, I, I think when it comes to reef keeping, it's like, I, I'm still growing algae in my sump and doing that kind of crap, you know? So, and, and Jake and I disagreed with that a lot, you know, but, uh, I mean, this was like, we we're talking about Julian, like, I love that tank, right? It's just, that's, that's how I do things. It's just, uh, I'm still have that romanticized idea of creating like a biosphere, you know, which we all know biosphere was a massive not a massive failure. We learned a lot from it, but didn't work out, right? Like it, like humans couldn't live in it, and <laughs> the CO two went through the roof, and you know, then bugs took over, and all kinds. Of, you know, the 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 I think the reef inside the biosphere went totally acidic, and but I, I always like the Walt, even the Walter eighty books, like just like this idea of creating like an ecosystem or a microcosm. Remember those NASA spheres you put on your desk with like little shrimp inside? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, I just I'm I'm always obsessed with that a little bit. It's a pipe dream, I'm sure. Yeah. There's a there's a TikTok trend right now going around of uh, there's a guy. I think it's just this main this one guy that's saying i will you know he's sealing up a jar you know ecosphere in a jar and he's like i this may outlive me and he slams <laughs> silicones it shut and you know a lot of those are i feel like julian's probably got some of those just like hanging around his house you know they've been alive and going for you know decades uh, but that's it is it is kind of the dream to have the whole thing kind of run itself naturally um but at that point yeah. you're playing god and can we we try we certainly do. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask before before we wrap up tonight: is there any is there any old technology or old filtration that you are still using, or that you would be interested in using again? For me, uh, my first reef tank had an under gravel filter on it. Ooh. I don't know that I would want to use that again. Uh, but it was an interesting thought process, right? I mean, you really have to kind of destroy the entire substrate if you want to get under there and clean it. But that's just kind of the way I did it. And it seemed to work at the time, at least until I took the tank down. So I also didn't have a ton of coral in that tank. But I mean, that was one of the that was the one of the methods of filtration. And I think that there was a resurgence with not the you know the plate under gravel under gravel filter. There's the the snake looking one. Do you remember that one? Oh, no. It was just like a. It was the same. It was the same kind of concept, but instead of a whole like platform that everything sat on, like the substrate set sat on, it was just like a worm, like a pipe that kind of zigzagged <laughs> underneath the sand bed still the same amount of pain to clean around and all that. And you didn't really get the, the desired effect, but it just had me thinking about my first reef tank and having an under gravel filter. Cause that's what I saw in the fish store. You know, I, every single one of their freshwater tanks had one of those in it. And I was like, Oh, well this applies to saltwater obviously. So I used it. <laughs> so when I, first, when I got my first reef tank, um, I had the little bio wheel filter on the back of it. Cause that's what my local fish store sold me. And 
I didn't quite get it. So I would, when, when the wheel would stop turning and it was supposed to stop turning or supposed to get slow because that's when you know, bacteria has colonized it and now it's actually doing its thing. I looked at it and I was like, oh, wow, it needs to be replaced. So I'd toss it and put the new one in. It completely <laughs> Throw out all that nitrifying bacteria. Yes, right. <laughs> That's awesome. Is that Marine Land? So that that, that was my journey. Did Marine Land make those? Is that who that was? I know you said Penguin yeah. earlier, but I think that was just the character on the front of the box, wasn't it? No, that, mine was a was Marine it? Land. Yeah. Okay. I, I, Gosh, yeah, I mean, those hang hang on the back filters are still there's they still apply today. You know, I know that there's especially in the nano pico world, yeah. it's a good way to get a little bit of flow. And if you want to put some you know media in there, uh, it's a good place. Yeah, to they make it. a good Seachem. Uh, I think it's a, it might be a rebadged CJ or something like that. But it's a it's title surface skimming. Yeah, the title. Yeah. That thing's great. Yeah, um, that's a good unit. I you you made me laugh, Raj, because. Uh, my first tank, my sister would help me with it because I was, you know, pretty little. And whenever the tank water got cloudy, which was the bacterial bloom, like she'd yep. take it, drain it, put it in the bathtub, put hot water through it, and like <laughs> rinse it all with like chlorinated water and then put it back together. And then like three days later, it get cloudy again. And she'd be like, oh, it's time to clean it. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> obviously that was a mess. Um, you know, so I've been, uh, as one old thing, uh, one thing that was demonized was crushed coral. Um, you know, oh, it's a nutrient sink, nitrate factory, blah, blah, blah. Um, I've been using Reborn, Julian's uh, calcium reactor media, as my substrate. And I just think the whole, like, sugar size sand crap, like, screw that noise. I just, no. And, you know, if you, unless you like cyano... Um, the great thing about reborn media and, you know, crushed coral in general is that it really is just like little pieces of live rock on the bottom of your tank and your coal tank, for example, your bristle tooth tanks, they graze the hell out of it. And it, it becomes a substrate that will grow coralline and some turf algaes, right? But like your tanks can graze it. Um, so I've been having huge success in tanks where I don't want to go bare bottom doing crushed coral. Would I do it if I was going for like the most nutrient poor? I don't. Well, I don't know when I'd ever go nutrient poor. Like even with an SPS tank, I I don't know. I think the whole phosphate nitrate chasing thing is kind of silly. Uh, I agree with Richard Ross on that wholeheartedly. And it was eighty like twenty years ago. That was like you know at the, I've got a poster back there of the two thousand Magna, you know, in the year two thousand. Um, and 80 was like, yeah, here's some pictures of these guys. And they put a big net around a reef so that no herbivores could get in. And guess what? The algae took over the reef, you know, and it was yeah. like, this is a wild coral reef in Fiji or whatever. Um, anyway, so my, I lost my train of thought there for a second, but, um, I think, uh, crushed coral is better than the sugar size sand i think it's like a you know if you need to vacuum it every once in a while because you just feel like it's getting kind of nappy it's easy to do that versus sugar size sand you know like you siphon up half your sand bed when you do <laughs> so that would be something old school that i i guess is still or has made a comeback in in my scope um, and then airstone skimmers are pretty badass when you see one in person that's actually maintained well oh yeah uh, those have always been badass yeah, I mean the micro bubbles on those, jeez. Yeah, yeah, and you can you can slow the flow down to like a crawl through there, right? So it's like 
the gallon per hour going through it is very minuscule, but the amount of air you're pumping into it is massive. So I think airstone skimmers, but who wants to replace limestone airstones, you know, every yeah. few weeks? That sucks. So. They get clogged up pretty easy. Yep. Yeah. 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 But to to be able to isolate the water flow and the air going in, right, to be able to control those separately is pretty great. Whereas, you know, most of our designs these days, they're tied together. You know, it's uh, if you look at like our needle wheel pumps, you can spin them up or down with if they're DC pumps, right, and you've got a little controller on them. More flow also equals more air. Low flow me- means less air, right? So you, you don't have the independence of controlling those separately. Recirculating skimmers, you can a little bit, right? Because you've got one pump doing the venturi or needle wheel, and then you pump through. Um, which, Raj, I think you guys build you know big versions of that, so you probably speak more to that. Yeah, I mean, with the recirculating, right, you, you, get, to, you get to adjust that flow. And, yeah. Um, you, you have your dwell time, how long a certain body of water is going to stay in that skimmer and be skimmed. And theoretically in that recirculating skimmer, one gallon that enters in, it gets skimmed a few times before it exit, exits that skimmer. So you want to try and have that water in there for one to two minutes. Two minutes is like your grail. Like that's awesome. Um, but every system is different. You've got higher nutrient loads, lower nutrient loads, and you, you have to adjust all of that. And some adjustability is great. Too much, and you're, I don't know, you kind of set yourself up for failure, Yeah, it seems like. I mean, I know for me, when, I mean, this was back in my audio days, when the more options I had to screw with my audio settings, the worse my sound tended to get because I would just never be satisfied. I would always be adjusting something. Yeah, that's true. Like uh, analysis paralysis, right? Like yeah, you just have right. too many levers to pull. You're like, oh. Yeah. So, so the, the, the old school thing for me, I'm back again to refugiums. I've always loved them. There's always something magical about it. And it's bringing that natural aspect back into the aquarium and not just, not just the filtration aspect, but you know, it just gives, uh, the, the microfauna a place undisturbed place where they can multiply and then make it back into your display tank. And I just yeah. always love that. And I, I'd love to see those come back and make a big, a big comeback where everybody starts using those again. I, I just always thought the tanks that were run off of refugiums were just a little bit better. Yeah, I I'm agree. running a, a refugium on my frag tank, and uh, the actual sump that I have for it was set up for Triton method. So the refugium is huge in the yeah. sump. Uh, but the issue with mine is that it, it, you know, it's a detritus trap. So I feel like if you can do both of those things, where you can get the ecosystem for the microfauna, because that's it is cool to like pop your head in there because the water is pretty calm usually, and you can see all the yep. pods swimming around and everything. Uh, bristle worms, if you got them, you know uh friend info um that's that's really cool and i think that uh it is a good place for for that kind of thing to be undisturbed so um but yeah i i right now i think aptasia has taken over mine so <laughs> undisturbed <laughs> yeah that's the it's a good place to know like what kind of creepy crawlies are living in your tank because yeah 
you're like, I don't have any bubble algae. And then you go look in your refuge. I'm like, oh, I do. You know, it's just <laughs> something's keeping so, it in check. Yeah, different place, different place. Uh, that, that was my I, overflow. I had Aptasia in my overflow. Nowhere yeah. else in the tank. So I knew it was in there, but something was eating them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't want to I don't want to take any more of you guys time up tonight. Do you guys have anything else you want to add before we uh, before we part ways this week? No, I'd love to hear if anybody else has dropped a Versa in their sump and if it's still running <laughs> a year later. So. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear some um, some people talk some shit about Mark. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Let him have it with that couch again. <laughs> yeah, that's an ugly that's right. couch, right? Stupid couch. It's the only one that fit that nook that I could find. You see how like there's two walls? Like there's yeah. Oh, I can't I can't work my finger with the camera, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So well, if you don't. have if you have not seen the video of the eco wheel, it's up on the Reef Builders YouTube page. I wrote an article about it on ReefBuilders.com, so you can actually read a little bit more in depth. I actually included pictures of the original brochure. Uh, Paul had two of them. He's like, you can have one if you want one. I was like, I'm not going to take this relic from you. Yeah. Keep it. I'll just take pictures of it. Like I'm good. So there's some pictures of that original like brochure that he had too. He keeps everything. I think he, he's an engineer of some sort. I forget what kind of engineer he is. I think maybe mechanical, but uh, he keeps everything. He keeps notes on everything. He is very meticulous. So uh, he was a, a, he's a good contact to have over there. So, it was definitely a pleasure. If you haven't checked out the video, he's got an awesome cichlid tank too in his courtyard because he has a courtyard. <laughs> of course. Uh, Somebody as... in Indiana, Indiana has an inland aquatics turf scrubber still running. I'd love to hear in the comments or something. I mean, that's – I've got one in my closet. You know, I, I like part of me wants to set it up with LED lights and, you know, do like a yeah. modern version of it but the salt spray on that thing is terrible i mean it's a dump bucket right it's like somebody <laughs> pouring a five gallon bucket in your tank every 30 seconds i mean think about the salt spray <laughs> set it up we need I, to I see think at least thing. if nothing else we i would love to see some pictures of it i think that would be really cool maybe i'll yes. pull it out for the next one and do it, it, i mean it's just <laughs> badly I, I don't want to insult anybody but it's just like somebody glued some pieces of acrylic together and it's not great, you know. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, that that wasn't insulting <laughs> at all. Mark, did you say that that eighty had a book? <laughs> yeah, um, I got two copies. You want me to grab them real quick? Yeah, I'd love to or, see it. I mean, and yeah. I know that's you know, plugging books on this podcast is always a good thing. You know, if you want to add an algae book to your collection. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, this is the does. third edition. Um, it's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is a college textbook and it goes pretty deep. Um, but I mean, if you're kind of a, you know, like a geek that wants to, you know, have a, like, Oh, I want to pretend my tank is a self-sustaining ecosystem. Like this is the guy, right? He worked for the Smithsonian. Um, anyway, it was interesting. Like I'm, I was really into sailboats for a while and I was like, you know, would watch these stupid YouTube videos about old sailboats that were for sale for like a good price. And they, uh, he, so when he quit doing all this, he like set up like a Jacques Cousteau, like remember he had Calypso, that big boat. 80 like built this sailboat and went like up to the North Pole or whatever with it. And I'm just watching like a random sailboat video and it was like his boat, you know, it was all decked out 
like um what was that movie with bill murray um the life aquatic did you ever <laughs> yeah, watch that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i really wanted to buy walter 80's sailboat like it just was straight up like you had to wear like a red you know beanie on your head and have to wear yeah. the red cap so, but it, um, it's very interesting. And if you're inter- interested in, you know, algae turf scrubbers and all that, um, you know, I think we learned a lot since then, you know, cause they were like, oh, you don't need to add calcium. You don't need to run anything. And I think we've all learned that, um, it's good to run carbon when you run algae, you know, cause it does yellow the water. Um, I, I think we've all learned that, you know, lots of microfauna survives impeller pumps just fine. They use these weird like scroll pumps. Um, it's just an interesting moment in time. I don't know. I, I'd highly recommend it. Okay. Yeah. I got the, I recently ordered the, um, coral finder 2022 Russell oh, Kelly. Good. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that should be here in a month or whenever. It gets shipped over, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, if any book recommendations, you can leave those in the comment section as well. Uh, guys, thank you so much for your time. As always, if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss on reef therapy, make sure to do that in the comment section on YouTube. If you're like me and you only listen to the audio version in the car, like to and from work or whatever, just hit us up on any of the reef builder, social media accounts and, and we'll uh, take that into consideration, but uh, always open for great topics because I know Mark, you and Jake covered a ton of topics. So, um, you know, trying not to repeat some of those uh, is is uh, uh, what I'm trying to you know kind of be best practice. But uh, yeah, I think we're gonna have to repeat some things down the road. But if you have any suggestions, make sure to let us know. And uh, guys, thank you for your time. We appreciate you. Thanks, Remy. Thanks, guys. 